I feel like that is just a testament to, you know, that company. And also just, you know, how does that inspire other organizations and companies to really like adjust and, you know, like you said, kind of make, make that sacrifice for the greater good. And, you know, I think that that's a highlight for the times and like, yeah, more power to them. For doing yeah. That. Welcome fellow innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and this is the Bridging the Gap podcast. You're invited to join my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. As the construction technology manager for Eagle Point Software, Bianca Corey is a builder, connector, change agent, and strategist responsible for facilitating process improvement and aligning technology with operational excellence across the AECO space. She observed early in her career the need to make building process more cohesive and streamlined by understanding the robust nuts and bolts to how technology can play a critical factor in the project team equation. She believes better is always possible. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Well, thank you so much, Todd. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, very excited. Uh, so I wanted to zero in more on the manufacturing side for for this chat. Um, what's your background and association with the manufacturing industry? So um, my history with the manufacturing um, industry actually kind of goes way back with um, just having inspiration from my dad, who um, by trade is an industrial designer. Um, so he early on was doing work from home and he ran his own business um, doing prototype. Okay. Um, so he would create prototypes for Frigidaire and Little Tykes, and I was always intrigued by it. So he was, you know, working on these projects for, you know, and he had quite a, a steady stream of work. Um, so, you know, that was always really cool to see, like, him working on the machinery in the basement, and, like, I'd yeah. be invited oh, to, like, try and work on the, like, the lathe machine. So it was cool from a young age to be exposed to that. Um, but, yeah, and then so like fast forward to when I went to school, I ended up kind of really becoming more interested in like the built environment. Mm. And then in like, you know, ending up working in construction, I was always kind of drawn to the the fact that there's a lot of parallels between the two. Yeah. And just and getting um, more operational. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of been like, a, you know, from the, like the early roots to like where it, where it is now. It's just so cool to see this evolution. Oh yeah. yeah. Any fun memories of something that your dad was building that you got to help on? Yeah. So um, one in particular was this like race car that he uh, prototyped for um, little tykes. Nice. And it, it's like, it's kind of like a massive car for a kid <laughs> that you can actually like kind of ride on, but it was, it was like done a little bit larger to scale for the purpose of the prototype. Yeah. And I just was like fascinated with like the colors and just like, you know, seeing it being constructed and like, so he would draw it and then like create this 3d model from hand yeah. which was really incredible so so cool <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah. uh so you live in the rust belt but the, the yeah. heart of american manufacturing there yeah, uh, yeah. what kind of response or, or or energy have you seen going on in the rust belt throughout this whole pandemic that we're in right now Right. So um, I live in um, Cleveland, Ohio. And so, you know, we are like the heart of it all in Ohio. And I really have been um, 
so moved by the fact that people are really stepping up to kind of pivot operations and like retooling facilities and being so um, like quick and upbeat to shift like mindset to accommodate and change mm-hmm. in order to help like people on the front line, like our health work, our healthcare workers that are facing like these PPE shortages or, you know, so, and then also like there's a, you know, just 20 minutes down, uh, west of downtown Cleveland, there's a really cool distillery called Western Reserve Distillery. And they are, they make like handcrafted um, spirits. So gins, vod- vodkas and whatnot. So they it's a have a good place to know about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so since they, so it's family owned and they do organic crafts and they have since um, in addition to that, they've kind of at, tacked on the, um, planning and production for hand sanitizer. So they're actually mm. going to be selling it by the gallon, which is a, such a great, you know, there's this yeah. huge need. I can't find hand sanitizer anywhere. So I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> Let me yeah. go get some of that. So that's, you know, a perfect example of um, things that are happening in the Rust Belt. And also just like Steelcase um, headquartered out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, they have also been trying to combat the COVID epidemic with, um, just doing some face masks and shields. I think that in the Grand Rapids facility alone, they are, I think they're slated to produce like 6,000 masks a week and like some 12,500 face shields per week in the, that facility alone, Uh which has been, you know, life-saving, I think. And also uh, like, what else did I read about? Like, I think, Carhartt, so like the makers of like durable workwear, like a fave uh, for construction. Yeah. Um, right? Like those duck bib overalls and whatnot. It's a good brand. So, yeah, it's a great <laughs> brand. Love it. Um, they also in their Kentucky and Tennessee facilities, they have um been producing gowns and same oh, wow. like so it's I think they've just uh, finished like fifty thousand gowns for the healthcare frontline workers. So it's it's been very refreshing to see that <laughs> yeah um, can yeah. you kind of feel that energy in the, yeah, the air I do I there? mean even it's it's interesting because you feel like we're not able to be face to face in like the physical sense mm-hmm. but um just being able to connect or see reading you know these posts have been phenomenal even if, if it comes up in my Instagram feed I'm like oh that's awesome like it's just a little bit of like a positive nugget for the day right to yeah. kind of keep like plowing through because it's it's tough I think everyone's kind of feeling like a little drained and you know it's just this uncertainty and extremely challenging times that we're all trying to navigate through so hearing like positive stories has been very very inspiring so yeah that's awesome I, I think what the distillery is doing too is, is really cool because um I, I heard something that I can't remember the exact stat but alcohol sales is up like just crazy (laughs) depending on what it is i've heard from like some uh i think it's beer is up like 50 percent. beer and wine's up 50 Mm percent. but then like the uh, hard spirits is up closer to like 400 (laughs) percent or something so right for for them to sacrifice some of the potential sales there and and say no we're going to do something that is going to help the community it's going to help in this crisis and you know the money will take care of itself later. Let's focus on on helping people right now. Yeah. I think that's awesome. 
more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that is just a testament to, you know, that company. And also just, you know, how does that inspire other organizations and companies to really like adjust and, you know, like you said, kind of make, make that sacrifice for the greater good. And, you know, I think that that's a highlight for the times and like, yeah, more power to them. For doing yeah. That. yeah. It's been cool to see American industry and, and businesses kind of, um, be the the rallying point and and cry to um, come alongside of people and and mm-hmm. help and be like no we're 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 all in this together this is the human experience this is the human yeah uh, thing that I'm we're not, going through right now right I don't think we've ever felt anything quite like this before I mean there's definitely been periods in history right and but this is like where every you know I have family in Europe and we're just like it's the first time where it really feels like we're experiencing something like in the same fashion and yeah and it's just it's how we're all accommodating to these changes and like really unifying and railing mm-hmm. together it's like the you know the human spirit is like what this is all about so yeah totally agree with you the bridging the gap podcast is brought to you by applied software with solutions for the modern project applied software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. That's awesome. Uh, On the manufacturing side, do you think all this new energy and creativity in the industry will help to bring manufacturing back more to the state's longer term? Yeah. I mean, what I think is happening is it is, um, it's shining a light on what we have here in, you know, on our turf. And, um, this is kind of these unprecedented times of like really trying to get creative and, also kind of prioritize and focus again on what Mm -hmm. really matters and being able to say, Hey, like we have all these facilities that have been abandoned for like 20 years now or 30 years. And it's like now maybe I think there's been pockets of revitalization through our communities and local towns and really trying to kind of pump some lifeblood or economic, you know, growth into those towns Mm -hmm. and cities. Um, But now I also think it's kind of going to like, it's, I think we're all evaluating, like, is that a possibility, right? Like, maybe this is the time now where we realize, like, you know, let's invest in our people and our talent that we have right here and our facilities. Like, it's a shame to let that deteriorate. And, you know, there's yeah. a, a clearly a, a demand now. And look at what we can do when we're in these, like, times of, you know, restrictions. Like, we can really get creative and repurpose things. So mm-hmm. I, it, it'll be interesting to see, like, how... Um, manufacturing might be coming back in the U.S. and like revitalized. So I'm, I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. I I also see that there's the potential ramification of that out of necessity, we have to have more manufacturing done here in the States, just in case we have to get shut down for any and shut off countries because of safety or whatever, Mm -hmm. we have to be able to manufacture our products here. Yeah. To be able to supply everything that we need for, uh, you know, U.S. citizens and everything. So I, I think that there's 
Um, yeah. That'll be interesting to, to monitor and, and to watch that long-term. For sure. Yeah. It's like, you know, these dire times, like we're in dire straits essentially. And like, it's these, it's a state of emergency. So basically like now is the time to really think about long-term, like, gosh, if we're ever in that situation again, like how do we respond and are we able to have production? And yeah, we do. We have all this, we have so much space and all these, you know, great, we have people that can do it that like, like, that's what I think we take pride in and It'll be yeah. awesome to see that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What yeah. lessons do you think the construction industry can learn from how manufacturing has responded? So construction has always been such a resilient workforce. And I think um, that is another industry. I, I just keep reading about different um, companies that are stepping forward to, you know, um, pull their teams together and basically repurpose like convention centers on the fly Mm. and um, you know, for overflow purposes and just also being a very creative um, industry. I think what they've been borrowing playbook, like pages out of their playbook from manufacturing is like, okay, so I'm, you know, how do, how do they streamline their workflows? How do they make things very lean and efficient? Mm. I I think there, there has been kind of that, um, influence for some time now but in in these in this current state I think it's even coming kind of more to you know to head like okay this is something we need to be doing in the now where we really have to be I mean it's always kind of like efficient driven you know day-to-day operations of like saving time and saving money but now it's like really getting lean (laughs) you know so I think that's kind of where the parallels come and there's that overlap so and like with prefabrication that's I think taking off and Mm off-site construction modular construction um you know I've I I keep kind of being intrigued by the concept of industry 4.0 and taking that digital design to a manufactured state. So it's almost like AECO plus M (laughs) and how does that, you know, converge? I think that's kind of the the interesting intersection because there's, it's almost like they're not two entities. There's going to be kind of like a definite. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It seems like even in the last couple of years that construction and manufacturing, those lines have really started to blur. Yeah. That it's, their uh, construction site has to kind of become more of a manufacturing factory yeah. in order to build more efficiently in order to help in, on the, the safety front or a whole bunch of factors there. Um, it's yeah. interesting to see those, those lines starting to, to blur together. Totally. Yeah. But it's like right, right what you said in terms of like, so even just planning and then scheduling and then the like look thinking of it from, the lens of a factory. So mm-hmm. how does, how do those different players all work and function together? And ultimately you need a product and it's the same thing, the building or whatever that, you know, what you're trying to build that is your end product. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you, how do you like also then maintain it? That's the other part to it. Right. So that sure. it's like built to last. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, what do you see as the, the future uh, and some of the, the possibilities of offsite and and prefab going forward for the construction industry. I think there's also like a safety component to that. So that's a great enhancement. Um, I think that ultimately it's going to help with site logistics. And But the other caveat is like how tightly, how are those enclosures going to be tightly, um, 
you know, buttoned up so that you're protected from the elements and, uh-huh. you know, there aren't any outside forces that impact that. So I'm always curious to see like long-term, like how are we planning so that prefab is sustainable and, you know, cause it, it is a very, very well oiled way of building. It's very crisp, you know, it's clean yeah. <laughs> and safer. So more sustainable too, I think. Um, so what kind of um, mental shift do you think it takes for somebody to start going down the offsite and prefab um, way of, of building? I always like to lead with like sustainability because that's like the optimist to me. But I also think the practical side is like comes down to money because I feel like yeah. that's like the, the key motivator for business. So I, I honestly, I think once you talk dollars and cents, that's kind of when people start to become intrigued and like their ears perk up and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Why am I not like, I'm wasting all this money. Like, yeah. why was I doing that? So I think when it, like when you kind of boil it down to the, the cash flow, I think that's where it will really resonate with companies, but yeah. Well, and it probably realistically is different based on like the, the owner of the firm is going to see it one way versus the people that are going to be in the shop or the people that were in the field, you know, so they're, they're all going to come at it with their own perspective of either being like, yeah, this is really cool. We should launch for it or kind of being a little skeptical of it of, well, why would we do that? We've always done it this way. Yeah. Right. And that's like a common theme, right? Throughout construction too, in general, like, well, why? Cause what, it's always been working this way. Like, why would I change anything? <laughs> right? right. But I think once that, that shift does start gaining traction, people are, it, then it just kind of becomes second nature. And then it's like, it's just kind of part of a solution offering for like a firm. They're like, Oh, we also do this. <laughs> Cause right. we, years ago it was like, let's tack on BIM and VDC to our, you know, our portfolio. And it's, I think that's the next wave of, you'll see like more firms advertising that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Their wheelhouse. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software's Live Lab Learning, a virtual classroom experience where students can listen, interact, and learn from veteran real world application specialists in real time from anywhere in the world. Live Lab is the affordable, convenient way for your staff to take Autodesk certified training courses and even earn some AIA continuing education credits all from the comfort of your own office. Visit asti.com for more information and let them know we sent you. Uh, what do you see as some of the workflow changes, whether in manufacturing or construction, that will come out of this current disruption? So I think people are really, um, I think this adjustment period is kind of, it, it can be a little bit, earth shattering for some people. And it's about, it's, I think it's, it's interesting because it's like, okay, who's essential, who's non-essential, this construction project's going on, but this isn't. And mm-hmm. I think it's, we're in such a um, disruptive time that I think if we just kind of take pause and say, Hey, like, okay, what are your key priorities? Um, is it learning right now? Like, do you need to get your teams up to speed on something that they've been, that has been on the back burner? This is a great time to like catch up on some, you know, continuous learning mm-hmm. projects. Um, what other initiatives were you working on that just kind of, you know, fell to the wayside and now can kind of be revisited. So it's almost just like maybe, and I think there is still 
there is a lot of work coming. It's just how do we prioritize? And it's almost breaking it up into chunks of like big rocks versus little rocks. And I think that's a great way to start versus feeling like overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, like, because <laughs> it's easy to get, you know, go down that path. Oh, yeah. Right. So I think just kind of centering, taking a moment, balancing, recalibrating, getting with your teams, just huddling and talking about it. I think that kind of gives clarity and just a greater sense of purpose. And hopefully people will, you know, feel a little bit more, you know, comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, how big do you think communication is uh, during this time? Oh, I think this is a time to, you know, continue communication, keep those, those channels open. Um, we have, we're in such a great time because think about if this happened like 10, 15 years ago, um, I don't even know if like, like we could text as much, you know, right. So it's oh, like yeah. these things we take for granted now it's like, well, I I'd love, I'm so happy. I can like FaceTime or I can see you or, you know, it's like, that's right. amazing. So using tech as, as our lifeline, I think tech is our unifier in this. And um, I think, you know, it's great to touch base, you know, communicate and just check in and see how people are doing. I think that's number one is just kind of like see how everyone's feeling. And yeah, like we're all, like you said, just going back to like the start, like everyone is in this together and just feeling like, okay, like we <laughs> will conquer it and get through it. Um, but yeah, I think communication is highly essential. Like the, if we can keep that up, that's, that's the, the first part of it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I, totally agree that technology has made this more bearable. I'm a, I'm a pretty big extrovert. And so <laughs> being cut off from people is, has been one of the it's hardest painful. parts of this whole oh, it's thing. So painful. Yeah, it is hard. It's, and it's also like, you don't to know exactly what day it is. It's so kind of just like one it, long it becomes, day. Yeah. It's just one long day. And so it, you know, normally when you're and just going out to socialize or go to the park or something, you know, those things that we took for granted, it's just like, Oh gosh. You yeah. Know? So, but yeah, tech is definitely like, it's great to tap on a, on a virtual meeting. <laughs> yeah. And it is crazy when you mentioned if it happened 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have a lot of these things at our disposal. Uh, mm -hmm. I think 10, 15 years ago, that puts me back in college was FaceTime. I don't even remember FaceTiming. Yeah. Face I don't think that that was around. Yeah. No, I want I feel like FaceTime is within the last like six, seven years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think this whole experience years, is, I don't know. sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, let me Google. <laughs> when did FaceTime yeah, hey, actually Alexa. happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. well, well, there's in this quarantine period, I think we've all formed kind of new habits of, of work and life. What do you think will carry over into the new world order when we go back to, to normal, whatever, whatever that is going to look like? <laughs> yeah. Well, so for, so for me, it's like my perspective is kind of a little altered because I've been working from home remote for over a year now okay and um, so you're like welcome to the party guys yeah what did you like, about? This is, right <laughs> exactly this everybody's is, on my level now yes. <laughs> <laughs> with the exception of the childcare portion so that's been interesting because now yeah. there's like you know i have um two little tykes and two they're 
uh, three and 16 months. So it's kind of a juggling act with that. Yeah. Um, I have but, four, two and six months. So uh, <laughs> I get it. Really, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, they need constant attention and you know, it's, it's getting, it's really exciting because I almost feel like it's refreshing to have them as part of my, as part of my day, because then it's like, Oh yeah. You know, the toddler life and like being in a like a zone of play actually like kind of helps creativity with with my work so I love it that's a cool connection yeah yeah it's just like oh you know like my daughter will say something so profound like we were I just got all these like rolls of tape they're different colors and we're Mm -hmm. learning colors and she was like mom we need to stick together and I was like Maya you are so right on so many <laughs> levels. You have no idea. Right. And like, who knows? I mean, I, she, I don't know if she realizes like the impact that had on my day, but I was like, yes, we do need to stick together. Yeah. So little things like that throughout the day make it a little bit more, you know, just good. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, but awesome. remote work, I think is kind of been a trend. I think now people, um, companies, they're pro- like adjusting and you know, they're realizing like, Hey, like this is something that works like this, you know, my entire staff is working virtually and we're getting work done. If not more, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we are more productive this way. We're definitely more sustainable. Um, you know, I think people do miss some interactions that they have in an office space. Like I think meetings are great. Like I do miss, you know, going to trade of trade shows. Like I, those connections that you make at an event, you know, it's, yeah. I'm missing out on that. I feel like that's kind of like where the, the slump is a little bit where it's just like, Oh, I can't wait to like, when is that happening? Right. <laughs> like when do we get to like all get in a room with like-minded people again? So, right. I mean, virtually. Yeah. But <laughs> so yeah. I do think going forward, I think, you know, maybe this is going to be a new normal. Like I think this will be part of the day to day and just kind of like, assessing what we like do and how we shop or how we live like do I need to go buy some baby chickens and have some eggs (laughs) because I don't know if I'll get eggs at the grocery store tomorrow right (laughs) so it's like do I need to have a little like vegetable garden I just think thinking things through of like long term but work-wise I think um it's pretty mind-blowing to see like how people are adjusting and really equipping themselves with the right tools and getting work done and collaborating more than ever. I actually feel like it's helping with empathy <laughs> like tenfold. Oh, yeah. Cause Something. everybody's in the same boat now. Yeah. So we're like, Oh yeah, get it. Playing field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great equalizer. So we're all That's like, true. it's pretty, it's, you know, it's good to connect that way. I think, um, you know, just having that sensitivity or maybe like some companies were always like hoping to, make that shift and embrace it more. But now is that time where it's like, it's here now, like this is happening. So it's right. testing yeah, I think our- it's interesting. Yeah, I think the the firms that uh, aren't going to uh, adapt to remote work and, and how to, um, you know, span that, that gap um, mm-hmm. are probably going to get left behind in, in the long run. Cause I think remote work is going to become way more normal even when everything opens back up because mm-hmm. uh, people have gotten a, a taste of the, the good life <laughs> and now they're, they're going to want it. But yeah, um, the balance, it's like a, yeah. it's a, it's a good balance. It's uh you know, I, de- I definitely think, and you know, maybe it's even just the idea of like, okay, 
if it was starting small, like we don't, maybe some people have reservations or they're still nervous about the concept of remote work, but mm -hmm. just even trying it out, testing it out. Like maybe we get together in the office twice a week for mm -hmm. essential meetings. I don't know. Maybe it's just one way to explore. Construction is yeah. a little different, right? Because they're, they're like there's high story buildings being built or a bridge project. And so that, that requires like to be physically present, but, um, and in terms of like a day in the life of an office, home office is just as good if, you know, just, just a different way of doing work. doesn't mean right. it's wrong. <laughs> it's just different. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Are there any habits that you think people should be putting in place now to set them up for success afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For like one thing that works for me for remote work is, um, just like basically treating my day as if I'm going to the office. So I start the day with coffee. I, um, <laughs> you know, end throughout the day and maintain it. Um, but just like breaking it up too and like taking your lunch break and mm -hmm. going for a walk just for 10, 15 minutes, get to fresh air. Um, it really kind of focuses, refocuses my attention on work or, you know, I just sometimes, okay, I need to take a half hour and do yoga. That's great. And like, I don't have yeah. to leave to do it. I can do it from the comfort of my home. But then I'm like, again, I feel that I can go back to work. So it's just like breaking it up a little differently. Um, mm -hmm. And also like sometimes I do have to work at night and that's fine. It makes sense. I still get the work done, but it's, it's just kind of like our, our uh, view of the work life, you know, balance has shifted or it's more, it's just like kind of we're facing with it, facing it from a different angle now. So yeah, it's kind of more fluid, yeah. I, I think now than having hard lines of like, I'm working from eight to five, and then I'm off. And then it's family yeah. time, you know, now it's kind of, yeah, this moment's family time, this moment's over here, it's work time, yeah. this is kind of yeah. without time or whatever. Um, so it's being willing to kind of go with that fluidity yeah, of it exactly yeah just kind of being more open to it and, and just embracing it and i think that's that helps a lot <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah well how do people get in touch with you if they they want to reach out to you oh absolutely anyone if you want to um find me and connect with me on linkedin um that's a great way or um my email um is bianca.holtiercory at eaglepoint.com so feel free to connect with me um, on any questions you have and optimizing your workflows or just questions about remote work or juggling kiddos. <laughs> no, happy to help. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show, Bianca. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Todd. It's been great. Yeah. Thank and thank you to all those listening. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can also listen to this podcast anywhere anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcasts, the AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced by Alyssa Chartier and edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.